0: Run with doing then, we'll start there. Away, um, now, do you want me to intro this? Or... You intro it, Joe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Slowly. All
1: right. <laughs> I'll be in your hands.
0: Oh, bless you. <laughs> bless you. I'll put this bit out on the recording, shall I? No. <laughs> For the whole world to hear. <laughs> Flirting from the off. <laughs> OK, can you do me a favour? Can you give me a three Oof. second count in? Because then I yep. just know where to cut, uh, to edit at the beginning of the episode.
1: No problem. Three,
0: two, one. Welcome back to Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, the Doctor Who
1: commentary podcast. Rod who? That's who me, Who you? Uh, are you? <laughs> oh, come on, that joke has been overdone so many times.
0: It's your bloody name on Twitter. You're the one responsible <laughs> for
1: this. Well, yeah, okay, okay, hands up, guilty.
0: Okay, so uh, uh, answer the question for me then, because I have been making that joke for about a year now. You have who, who is Rod?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm a mad Doctor Who fan. Surprise, surprise. Yay. What else would I be doing on your podcast? Um, love pretty much everything apart from the Chase, which we've discovered is is maybe one of your favourites.
0: It's, it's one of my guilty pleasures.
1: Yeah, I, guilty. Yeah, but don't you have any guilty pleasures? Oh, the whole Sylvester McCoy era, Time in the love ah, Lover. You don't know about the season twenty-four is probably a guilty pleasure. You, you love got
0: it. to feel guilty about that, you know. Going Good. off for a sneaky wank in the other room—that you can feel guilty <laughs> about. Watching Stephen Mo- uh, oh, Stephen Moffat because Freudian slip, Crikey. Sylvester That's Freudian McCoy slip, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to feel guilty about. Um, so, well, can I ask you then straight away where What, like, where did you come into Doctor Who?
1: Uh, I'm told, or I, I was reliably told by my mum that I was obsessed with Troutham. Now, this is before my memory clicks in. I'll, I'll share my birthday at 66. So I was like I don't three it. when Troutham regenerated. Um, he
0: looks about 35, folks.
1: Oh, he tells me church. he's just you taken flatterer. early retirement. And you I didn't like, know you could do early retirement at 35, Jesus. <laughs> That's why you get so many people lining up through this <laughs> podcast. You flatter them all. <laughs> well, and the quickie hand, uh, sneaky hand jobs as well. Sorry, well, that on. too, yeah. But we said we wouldn't talk about that no, on no, Oh No,
0: no, sorry. Oh, you've got to entice people on somehow, are not you? <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah, Troughton uh, apparently, but I have no memory. So, Pertway, and I've been obsessed Pretty much since day one. Never gone away.
0: VHSs, DVDs. Oh, the
1: lot. New Blu-ray's. Adventures, Virgin Books, BBC Books. Yeah, the no, lot. you haven't. Right, well, I've got a new convert
0: to the Hamster Book Club here. Fabulous. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, they're all still on the shelf. First editions of all of them. Oh, okay. Well, I is... run down to Forbidden Planet in Manchester yeah. in those days where I was and ah. uh, pick up the new, new copy every time they came. I'm one of those sad geeks.
0: Yeah, well, we all are. That's why we're here, you know. Well, that's true.
1: <laughs> um, do you have a favourite era? It's really difficult, isn't it? How do you compare? Probably, okay. all right, I'll get. Tom I'll... and Elizabeth Sladen, probably, oh, but yes. you know, Sylvester and Sophie. Also I'm have gonna a very, very large part of my heart.
0: I'm going to paint a picture for you then, right? You've had yeah, a particularly sorry. stressful day in early yep. retirement. Okay. So yep. I'm not, I'm not sure how that's stressful, but imagine. Oh,
1: you're so bitter. So young. <laughs> <and> so
0: bitter.
1: <laughs> you bastard. <laughs>
0: I'll be hauling fucking vegetables around tomorrow, right? Whilst you're having a lie in. <laughs> um, yeah. So you had a particularly bad day and yeah. um, you come home and you're like, oh, God, all right, I just need to watch Doctor Who. What would you pull off the shelf?
1: If it had been a long hard day, probably Hinchcliffe. Okay. Lazy Sunday afternoon, probably a Pertwee. Um, okay. Need a bit of levity, a Sylvester. But hey, I'm, you know I don't want to down downgrade the new series either. But uh, I suppose you know your heart belongs where you first grow up, doesn't it? So I probably tend to veer more towards the classic, but you know I love the new series too. Is it um
0: oh, it's a bit of an unfair question. I don't usually ask this, but is it like an equal love? Or I I always feel like with the classic series, like that's part of your life for such a long time. Absolutely, yeah. Whereas the new series is, what, 15 years old at the moment. God, so it's yes,
1: making us feel old. <laughs> <laughs> it's not new series anymore, is it? <laughs> but Middle it still, still feels now.
0: new. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I can still remember when the production values
1: of season 26 were like the height of television. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. But we were celebrating the other week that it's 20 years since the announcements have been coming back. It's like, how the hell is that 20 years?
0: 20 years. Are yeah. you kidding me right now? Jesus it's Christ. Scary. I was planning my, my my wedding when that was going on. We're long divorced now. Lots has happened. <laughs> Much more has gone under the bridge since then. <laughs> um, okay, well, then let's turn our attention to the new series. Yeah. Um, because we're talking about extremists from season 10 today. So, so I'm going to ask you three questions. Go for it. Your showrunner of preference... So just, just I don't know. There's strengths and weaknesses everywhere, but your showrunner of preference,
1: um... probably going to be Moffat. It's slim, but I think I would always. Yeah, I'd probably end up on Moffat.
0: You know, there's several members of this hamster community punching the air right now. Yeah, that I can... and
1: I've heard some of the yeah I won't mention <laughs> Wedding of, of some on commentary I was <laughs> oh, splitting <Jesus>. feathers
0: <laughs> don't worry I've got Asylum of the Daleks coming out soon and that's Luke Malloy telling me just how amazing that one is It's so.
1: superb I don't know why it doesn't get more love
0: oh dear well I better not give my opinion on that one um, <laughs> um, why Moffitt
1: I just think he's whip smart clever yes sometimes he goes off the rails and you know although I said I was spitting feathers, The Wedding of Rivers on commentary, you know, there is some truth in there. Sometimes he does make it up as he goes along. And think even in something that I think is really good, like Extremists. if you stand back and think of some of the logic at the end, you think, does that really quite work? But I get carried in away enough with the characters, the setting, the dialogue. I just love his dialogue. I love his language. I love his dialogue. It's just smart. It's clever. You can watch it so many times; you always get something new out of it. I just think he's really clever and when he's at the top of his game. Something like, you know, World Enough and Time is just superb.
0: I I can't argue with that at all because I think oh you know what Enough and Time and the Doctor Falls,
1: excuse
0: yeah. me, is um, they're two of the greatest new series episodes. Completely, I think what you said about his dialogue there—that might be that might be like the direction you go in with Moffat. Yeah. You you either find it very witty and very sort of substantive or you find it unbearably smug and you know yeah. impossible to tolerate like me sometimes. I can see that
1: but that doesn't, doesn't work that, that doesn't happen to me I just think he's just clever I just love it I mean yeah. I love RTD too don't get me wrong he's, he's clever in a different way uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does new what he brings fresh but yeah I think if I had to choose one of them it's going to be Moffat
0: and so, how did you find Peter Capaldi's era then?
1: Uh, loved it. I would say it was probably my favorite era of the new season. So, oh, the new right. season, new series. Yeah. It's dark, it's clever, possibly sometimes a little bit too dark. We'll talk about some of the themes in extremists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when did Doctor Who ever talk about mass suicide before? Yeah. Or, you know, death in heaven, the really, really dark themes that he deals with. Maybe sometimes that's a little bit close to the knuckle. And I know you've had some, you know, you may be uh, touched a few raw nerves with you on some episodes. Um, and yeah, maybe it is a bit. But, you know, the same criticisms were launched at Hinchcliffe and Holmes back in the 70s. Um, you got to push the envelope, though, I think, as well. You do, so you it's do.
0: like, even if I don't like it all the time, I go, oh, I really admire it.
1: It gives you a get out there is i mean even when we talk about i say the mass suicide that we're going to talk about that's a joyful discussion for an <laughs> evening isn't it um it gives you a little get out clause at the end but you know i think the seed has already sown in the minds of the audience what we're talking about so it's dark but i i do enjoy it i just think it's it's clever it's smart i love the characters capaldi is an actor i think he's probably oh. the best actor we've ever had in the role I mean, just his delivery. I can't disagree is, with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, his performance is at their absolute best. And when yep. he's given material, that really lets him fly. And
1: beautiful. when he's given a co-star like Michelle Gomez as well. Oh, my God, the two of them fly together. And Pearl Mackey. Oh, and Pearl Mackey. Yeah, absolutely. Who, and even you know, I'll give Matt Lucas his due as well. You know, oh. I, think, I think they're a, a sensational trio.
0: Boy, have I got some things to say about Matt Lucas in this. <laughs> uh, what a surprise that was. Um,
1: yeah, exactly. He is a surprise.
0: And so what about finally, before we go yeah. in, what about season 10 as a whole? Series 10?
1: Uh, probably my favourite single season of the new se- new series. Yeah. Because wow, I just we... think it gets it right. Um, I know Moffat wasn't even supposed to do it, so it's kind of an added extra. You'd think maybe throw it away. And obviously, you know, we might talk about it later on. He had some personal issues, particularly around kind of monk trilogy, which made him pull away. Um, I don't think you particularly notice it. I mean, I'm quite a big advocate for the monk trilogy. I think it's different. Yes, it doesn't follow the normal trajectory of a three-parter, it's not structured the same but actually it's doing something a little bit different. It's almost like looking at an invasion in in three different parts rather than doing your typical progressive, you know, go back to your photos we were talking about earlier. It's not a seven part episode rollout. You don't have that linear progression with them. They are kind of coming in at slightly different points of time and looking at things from different angles. I think they're very clever.
0: I always feel like every time we do these three parts, they are three parts because they are narratives yeah. that run into each other. Huh. But, they're always very different episodes, Utopia, Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords, um, Turn Left, Stolen Earth, Journey's yep. End, Face the Raven, Heaven Sent, Hellbent. Every time they do these sort of three parts, it's like, we know this is going to be a lot sort of long run. So we'll make it as diverse and as interesting as possible. But I that's... think
1: one of, one of the big differences with this one, I would say, is that it's got three different writers and the last two were written before Extremis and yeah. they came with their own ideas. So it wasn't ever devised as a three-parter. So, you know, Toby Whithouse wanted to do something about a 1984 totalitarian state. So, Stephen Moffat, oh, we'll put that together. Um, Peter Harkness wanted to do something about Kung Fu monks. Maybe he hadn't seen Tooth and Claw, but that's what he wanted to do. So it was then shaped into this three-parter. So it was never meant to be a three-parter in the sense that, you know, it's the season finale that Russell or Stephen Moffat have written themselves. It was meant to be You know, there were three separate stories they started at, and then he wove them together. So, yeah, it does come as I say. I think the advantage of that is you get this different perspective on an invasion. But I think a lot of people criticise it because it doesn't follow that norm that we usually get. You know, we don't necessarily understand what the monk's motivations are, even by the end of it. Does that actually matter?
0: does to me but yeah. <laughs>
1: okay
0: <laughs> well like for me um the monks trilogy is like the law of diminishing returns because i, I went on a podcast recently and i almost put extremists as my favorite moffat uh capaldi episode because okay. i i love this but i did put the lie of the land as my least favorite Ooh. of the entire big capaldi era because i just feel like there's a, a it's a bit of an illogical mess and there's scenes in it like when Bill shoots the Doctor, that I really dislike. Yeah,
1: I know people have a re. I must admit, I didn't have such a negative reaction to that particular scene, but I know that really winds people up. But It is of... a bit left field. I, You know, I'd, I'd struggle to really defend it, but equally, I'm not that offended by it. The weird thing
0: about Extremis is, is you can kind of tell it's been bolted on because it's effectively yeah. a trailer for yeah. what's to come. Yeah. Um, with this one, right, I want to tell you, because when I watched this, when it went out, I was at a friend's house, and I got to about 20 minutes in, and, you know, you know, me and Moffitt, so I was fatigued with all of his tricks by this point, that like he was sort of pulling out of the bag again and again and again. And we're twenty minutes in, and I was going for God's sakes. We're there with Missy. We're here in the Vatican. We're there with it. The- oh, why doesn't he just like literally just sit stand still for a second and tell a bloody story? And it's doing all these things. There's lots of ideas in there, and and I was like, I don't understand what this story is about. What is going on? And then, almost as if to answer his critics, when that twist hits, when Nadal and Bill realise that they're not real and every single part of this story comes together like a perfect yes. lock and I literally I jumped out of my seat and went that is fucking clever
1: <laughs> That's oh Moffat my is, god that is Moffat at his best does not it I don't often do that
0: with the Stephen Moffat story but I was just like Jesus Christ all of a sudden in one scene all of it fell into place yeah. like, like beautifully yes that's yeah. why I love this
1: one, because I was annoyed. And then by the end, I was going, woo,
0: <laughs> bring on the Monk Trilogy. Let's go. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, and the next two aren't. I mean, they're not up to this height. This is, this is, I would say, this is a classic. And I, I looked at the DWM poll, actually, because I was intrigued to see where this sat. And it came 10th out of this So oh, pretty good. good, pretty good. Yeah
0: good i think i saw uh moffat give an interview about this one and say that this was his last chance to do something completely left field like yes. the, the rest of the run was all sort of not traditional doctor who episodes but episodes that you could see you know elsewhere in doctor who whereas this was his last time to do something totally off kilter and he Absolutely. just runs he runs with it and like you it mass suicide things like that You're like there's stuff in here that I mean, the president of the United States is sitting in a chair with a bottle of pills. Like,
1: <laughs> we don't go bleak. to these places. It's pretty very bleak, often. isn't
0: it? And it? But but incredible for it. Yeah.
1: What um, would Mary Whitehouse have thought?
0: Oh, she's spinning her grave, you know, the, the fact that we're enjoying it right now and this uh, commentary we're about to do. To me, those two men down there. <laughs> Oh, very irresponsible. <laughs> Sorry, my Mary Whitehouse impression is terrible. <laughs> you remember that on that? What, what documentary was it? Oh, I, I remember
1: at the time. Yeah, she made, yeah, I was always perpetually worried about Mary Whitehouse because in my young mind, she was, you know, potentially going to take Doctor Who off air. So <laughs> I know JNT used to rub his hands because he always used to say, well, oh, it adds <laughs> millions to viewing figures. Not that she complained much about his era, um, but yeah. Oh. No. I'll oh, i will say that always...
0: was the era that she could have objected to the most. Yeah, Faces Michael Grady
1: was objecting. That's yeah. true. Yeah, there was policemen pretty, yeah. shooting
0: down innocent people with their metal detectors. You know, there was a lot of very strange stuff going on in the eighties.
1: Um... <laughs> indeed, <laughs> let's come to that on another podcast.
0: Well, we will. We will. Um, should we head in and watch extremists and see what it has to offer? Let's
1: do it. One thing I'm going to ask you before we start, because mm-hmm. I was thinking about this before, I thought. This is actually quite a unique Doctor Who story because when do we ever get the planning? We don't ever see the planning stage of a, of an invasion. This is really quite unique. Now, you say
0: that. There is one other
1: time. Exactly. That's why it's suddenly the penny suddenly dropped. You, you're thinking the android invasion. Oh, I am, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking to start with, God, this is really different. And then, yeah, exactly the <laughs> same. The penny dropped the, Oh, actually, no, it has been done before. <laughs> What's so
0: clever about that is he's subverting the... There, it's all from the Doctor of Sarah's point of view, yes. and they are real, and everybody else is fake, and it's clear everybody else is fake. Whereas here, Moffitt writes this episode as if we are just watching all of these characters living their real lives. Yep. And I even think, sort of, there are lots of hints throughout that... The... Uh, as to what the twist is, the, the massive size being the biggest, you know what? As soon as they learn this great secret, these people are topping themselves. Um, yeah, so I, it is. It's similar, but it is different.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely! It, absolutely. Wasn't gonna, it is spin on these things.
0: But he could have gone and filmed it at Dicock, couldn't he? That would have been great. You know, <laughs> tied Peter Capaldi up to that with a bit of Ivy. To that, obelisk. I'm sure
1: Michelle Gomez would have loved to have tied him up to a pole.
0: It was her idea, I believe. You know, Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's my other ass favorite, you know, um, Android Invasion. Yes. I f- effectively seduced him with the Android Invasion when I took him to Diggle. So uh, <laughs> anything with this sort I don't of think many plot.
1: couples could actually claim that. I think you're probably, you stand alone on that one, Joe. You didn't seduce
0: your partner with the Android Invasion?
1: Not with the Android Invasion, no. Oh, no. What, was, what, what was your technique? Um, well, it certainly wasn't Doctor Who, that's for sure. Unfortunately. Oh, is he not a fan? No so when when we first met on our first on our very first date which was many many years ago um, I of course being the usual gobshite that I am if I can say that's on the podcast. Uh, Have you to, heard I, this podcast? Yeah, that's true that's true enough so of course I had to drop in Doctor Who because hey you know it's part of my life it's, it's best who of who I am early. I exactly yeah before you come round and see all the VHSs as were in those days and the books and the magazines and everything else yeah um now he didn't tell me at the time but his reaction in the back of his mind was oh god that was the only program growing up that he absolutely hated he he smiled nicely on our first date and didn't kind of profess to be a big fan or anything but well I mean look at you Noted.
0: Of course, he smiled and nodded. You know, <laughs> oh, you are with it, Joe. <laughs> go on, so, oh, sorry. Go on, please continue.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's end of the end of the story. So, yeah, not a big fan. He watches all the new stuff. So we watch find, that together. You know, I've tried food. a few classics, but yeah, they don't go down quite so well. So that tends to be my uh, my oh, my solo watching.
0: Come on, what did you choose? Because
1: choosing that first classic. For a non-fan. What I choose as the very first? That's a really good question. I
0: usually put on Remembrance, you know, that goes down pretty well.
1: I think it actually might have been Carnival of Monsters. Oh, what were you thinking? That opens
0: up with them wobbling that miniscope out and those terrible <laughs> masks.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, d- I think the Aztecs was quite quick behind that as well. So what I was thinking in those <laughs> days of trying to put an old black and white with a terrible backdrop but the it's just such a clever backdrops story backdrops of lime grove oh dear. i yeah, know no. but i love you've... that story
0: oh no me too it's absolutely glorious um but like when you're choosing something for a non-fan yeah yeah you've, you've got, got to think about choices i was always like what looks the best you know yeah. like so res... weirdly resurrection of the Daleks went down quite well with one of my partners
1: <sighs> yeah no no oh, i, I no. don't like it now but... No, it's a bit bit empty
0: a bit empty. I did a commentary on that the other week, you know, and the fella loathed it. He went to town to pull in that one apart. So if anyone likes that, please avoid that episode that's coming out soon.
1: Yeah. Logic holes are plenty. <laughs> and just like
0: unnecessarily violent.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think Saywood was uh, relishing it a little bit too much, wasn't he? He was starting his downward downward descent into madness. <laughs> yeah.
0: And never look back.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> maybe he read the veritas.
1: Oh, maybe he did. Good segue, Joe. <laughs> he knows. He knows. None of us are real.
0: Well, the trouble was, this was the first time I've watched this, where I was like, "Fuck me! What if this was real? What if I've lived my whole life as this weird projection?" As a, it's,
1: yeah. it's clever, isn't it? It's I mean, good. It is... Did you guess the twist when you? you... No. no, no. I can't imagine many people would have guessed it. I mean, I I did not see it coming. I mean, some things that we talk about here are really obvious. Like, I don't think anybody was surprised it was Missy in the Vault. I think we all knew that. But, you know, and again, Moffat gets criticised for that. But I don't think he was necessarily trying to keep that as a big mystery. It was so obvious. So I don't think that was a clever... But there's so many clever twists in this episode that, uh, yeah. Should we get into it? Well, why don't you count us in? I will indeed then. So... Let me turn the episode on because my computer's gone to sleep because we've already been talking for so long.
0: Anybody who's going to be watching along with us, I don't know if anyone does that, you know, I think people just listen to the episodes, but your episode will start with a clip from Oxygen. You might get very confused as to what you're watching. That's a great episode as well. It it? is an
1: excellent episode, isn't it? Oh, God. Really good. Okay. So we'll start in three, two, one, and play.
0: Right, here we go. So, here we are
1: previously. So, what did you think about the Doctor being blind for these couple of episodes?
0: I think it's a dangerous path to tread. Mm, I agree. They tread it quite lightly here, and I don't think it ever stumbles into anything offensive. However, I'm not blind, so I'd be interested to hear somebody else's perspective on that. That is.
1: No, I think that's a really good point. I think. The things I like about it are the fact he was blind in Oxygen. We don't get out of with a magic solution, which, come on, we probably all thought watching Oxygen, he's going to go back to the TARDIS, wave a magic wand, and he's recovered. So I think that's good. It lasts for a couple of episodes, which is good. Um, It becomes the focal point of the next episode, which is good. But I think what they don't ever really do, because it was probably a plot point too far, is to really kind of find... A reason for him being blind. Yes, he's slightly at a disadvantage in this episode. And there are a couple of great set pieces when the monks attack him. But they don't exploit it really, do they? And was it an opportunity missed a little bit?
0: Well, what you said just there, ultimately he does get his sight back through, you know, magical powers. Through, yeah. Absolutely. And that's the bit where I'm like, you know, like, yeah, that would be lovely if that happened in real life.
1: But Well, yes. You know. <laughs> but it's the monks.
0: <laughs> it, it, yes it is the works do you know what did you see that fabulous castle then as he was going across the water it's superb it's, oh. uh, it's
1: such a beautiful this is daniel netheim um so i yeah. think this is his third of fourth four episodes he does what other ones did he do shot. so he did saigon invasion inversion from the previous series and he did this one and then pyramid at the end of the world
0: yeah, that's some solid imagery in all of those.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. Oh, here oh, she is. Michelle Gomez. I can't watch is. her without smiling. She is just, to me, I mean, I grew up on Delgado, but I think Michelle Gomez takes the, takes the <gasps> cap as the, the best master.
0: See, I just had this comment I did the Sea Devils earlier in the week, and I said... Delgado was my favorite. He is still my favorite. I think she oh, is excellent. He
1: is superb. I uh, think the advantage that Michelle Gomez has got is that we see both sides of her. So, Delgado is always the suave villain. We don't see Missy gets an arc, she yeah. gets the redemption arc and she plays it. It's I mean, the, the only time so this good... has happened, isn't it? It's the exactly. only time we've exactly. seen
0: any sort of conflict, any sort of resolution as well with that.
1: I mean, it's funny you're talking about the sea devils, because, of course, in the sea devils, the master As pretends to the doctor that, oh, you know, he's reformed, and please come back and have a conversation with him. And he plays it beautifully, but, of course, he's, he's lying. And the doctor walks out, and the master does his stereotypical master laugh. Um, but Michelle Gomez is actually being real she is she is seeking redemption so she gets that opportunity to play i would have loved to see roger delgado really play that or have the opportunity to play that side of the master to show the other side of the coin and you know possibly we would have got that if you know he'd been fortunate enough to uh to be around for, for his final story
0: because she's so vicious though at times like when yeah. she kills osgood or oh god the bit where she pushes clara down that hole <laughs> Like, because she's so unpredictable, we're yeah. never quite sure if she's playing him or not until Absolutely. that last two-parter. And then we, we, well although there's a scene later on in the season as well where she's got tears in her eyes.
1: Yeah, um, yes, there is Eaters of Light, yeah, which is,
0: frankly, the best scene in the Eaters of Light, but that's for I another day. That one,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's oh, not, what's happened? Not the best of season, the title sequence is here. I've oh, totally gosh, we've what's already, talked over, <laughs> we've
1: already talked over the opening. <clears throat>
0: oh, this music, um. Yes, it's not my favourite rendition of the Doctor Who theme show. It's
1: not my favourite. It's grown on me, but yeah, I can't say it's my favourite music. I love the graphics. I think the graphics are very clever. But yeah, the music is a little bit tinny, isn't it?
0: I, um, I, I'll say this. I do think both the music and the titles improved in the next era.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Give, give me murray gold
0: i s- i skipped over
1: uh, talking about chibbers earlier when we were talking
0: about showrunners you did
1: i thought it was very tactful. <laughs> i'm not a hater by any uh, means but uh, yeah i think stephen moffat knocks him into a cocktail personally
0: well i thought that was um, alexander Siddig from ds9 i'm going well, i think I... that's
1: quite an, i think that's quite an understandable Oh, no, I know, but I would know this. I'm a massive ds
0: Nine fan. I would know if he'd been in Doctor Who, and he's yeah. to the point where he's looking on Wikipedia. I'm just waiting for the penny to drop. <laughs> oh, you know what you said earlier about the um, dealing with the blindness. Yes, Matt Lucas somehow because the jokes about him having to tell the Doctor yes. what's happening in front of them they could be offensive if that was played in a particular way, they could be very offensive.
1: Yeah, but yeah. he's yeah,
0: you're right. so, he
1: just Light. judges it perfectly. He does. And you know what? I was thinking watching this back, I was so pleased that it's Matt Lucas that does that role and it's not Bill. Yeah. Because Bill would have played it completely differently and then possibly reduced her strength. And she would have been seen as the archetypal companion explaining things to the doctor. I think because Matt's got that element of human comedy, he gets away with it.
0: What you now, get here's with. the Pope. Oh, well, I believe that could be Mr. Costanello, whatever his name is, from Turn Left.
1: No, it's the Pope, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pope. <laughs> Crying out loud. I kiss you all over <laughs> with your hair or
0: <laughs> flame red.
1: Now, now, this is unique, I think. I can't think of another Doctor Who story where we've kind of dealt so directly with real religion. We're not in, we're not, we're not got space religion. We've not got yeah. Deons and Savants up in Meglos, we're not It's not a parable. I no, can't yeah. think of anything else that just so directly. And I believe they actually had to seek permission from the Vatican to include the Pope in this. Really? Yeah.
0: we're going to have a a sequence with uh, a a lesbian date and the Pope's going to sort of barge in on it. Is that all right? And they went,
1: go for it. I don't think, though, the Pope or religion is undermining this at all. I think he treats it very respectfully. I think he... No, RTD will <laughs> wear his uh, colors on his sleeve and be quite anti religious, but then he never actually dealt with it as directly as actually having a figurehead like the, the Pope in this episode. But I, th- I don't think Stephen Moffat undermines or subverts or takes a mickey at all out of religion or the Catholic faith. But you're right, that's it. But then that scene, but that scene's not undermining the Pope. It's.
0: No. Well, and none of them are real let's remember no. that so like they, oh, they could just go jail free yeah. card,
1: isn't it? <laughs> this
0: is just a random series of numbers we're watching rather than yeah. actual people
1: um, um, now you now those flashes that we've just seen there to to establish that the suicides are real now that's much but much better than the waters of mars when we get the real slow bam, bam, yeah. bam. are you kidding me i love the melodrama of that the repeated yeah, but, boom, but boom. by the 10th time of doing it it's like okay we, we're kind of getting the point now well, I love that, the water Mars. I have to say.
0: That's that sort of series of flashes there. And and, and if, I think if you pause it, there's some graphic images it there. It's very graphic. It reminds me of like a prime time ITV police yes. drama. That's the sort of thing yes. they would do there. And actually, do you know bringing in the Vatican and all of that stuff down in the vaults and all that? That gave me a real what is that series of books called?
1: Dan Brown, Da Vinci. Code? Thank you
0: very much. Yeah. It really reminded me of those movies.
1: Yeah, I think there is. Oh God, those movies are terrible.
0: Oh, awful. I know. I remember, that, we were, the climax you, of that one where he's on that helicopter over Rome. Oh God, it was terrible.
1: I do remember we we were uh, in London for a work thing. We uh, we went to see uh, Inferno. I was desperately hoping it was a 7 part Adventure with Primoids, <laughs> and instead <laughs> we got a damn brown. Oh God, it was painful. I think I fell it's asleep me in that every one.
0: Day. oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Now, can I? Um, make a criticism and it's probably going to be my only criticism in the whole episode. Go for which it. Which I do think is an out and out classic. I don't know if this sequence where the Pope comes in lands. I think it's supposed to be a riot and absolutely hilarious. She's there with a girl. I'm sorry I find like, it hilarious. I was just like going oh, this ain't working and I can't figure out why. I, I don't, wasn't sure if it was the direction I wasn't sure if it was the performances I wasn't sure if it was the writing. But for me I wasn't laughing. So I was like that's that's when I know comedy's not working for me. Right. You
1: know? Oh yeah, absolutely landed for me. I I thought it was yeah, I thought it was very funny. Whereas
0: Nardole going, you know, when he's doing the lines, going, Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a load of people coming towards <laughs> us, you know. Oh that was making me laugh. <laughs> oh, there's my head a strange
1: off. light bending around the
0: corridor. Yeah. We don't see her again, do we oh no, we see her again in the next episode, uh, the yes, day. We do. Yeah, Penny. Does does it all go wrong in that one as well? Or does I it go think,
1: right? No, I think it goes right. Do we see her again? Oh, you've got me questioning now, Not Joe. Sure. I don't think we do, actually. I don't think we do.
0: I mean, she ends up with that puddle at the end of the season, doesn't she? Heather, yeah. That's right. Oh, Heather, <laughs> that, sorry. That, that yeah.
1: puddle. <laughs>
0: well, that's what she is, effectively. You're being puddlest, Joe. Come on. Oh, well, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've never met a puddle I liked, if I'm honest. <laughs> Usually cars come past and throw them over me. <laughs>
1: being serious, I love this line there that, that Pearl Mackey's just said. And she says to, uh, to Penny, this is absolutely nothing to feel guilty about because it's played completely straight, calm, quiet, obviously it's then punctured by the Pope coming in, <laughs> Which, is, but I just think for a Do- Doctor Who companion to turn around to the same-sex part and say, this is absolutely nothing to feel guilty about, I thought yeah. it was lovely. God, we've, we've, uh, we've moved forward. There's a long way to go, but well, no, I don't know. I've moved forward a long way.
0: I thought when they showed that sequence in Praxeus with the two guys kissing in the tardis yep. and that very mature relationship that they had, I thought, well, I think we might be there. You know, if they could just do more of this. Yes. Yeah. The, certainly, the the treatment of same sex dating couples of uh, you know in Doctor Who has just got better and better. But and with Rusty Davis coming back, it's just going to get better again. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yeah, I think so. Oh, this TARDIS console is so
1: gorgeous. I love this TARDIS, I know.
0: It's by far, I think, the best of the new series. There's just so many nooks and crannies to go and shoot in, isn't there? I think
1: all of Michael Pickwood's designs are just beautiful. I mean, you could freeze frame some of these shots, and I'd have them framed on the wall. I mean, they're beautiful.
0: He didn't do that dreadful glass and chrome one, did he, that Matt Smith had in his first season? I mm, don't nah. think so, You no. can tell, you can tell.
1: Yeah, this is this is beautiful. But I love the fact that Bill bursts into TARDIS to tell the doctor off There's <laughs> all the Vatican officials <laughs> stood around. She completely ignores them. She just goes for him. <laughs>
0: The the fella that my overall thought was Alexander Siddiqui, he plays that yeah. role with remarkable dignity, I'll given complete. he's just a bit part character in this. Yes.
1: Yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. But again, that's taking the kind of religious faith seriously that Moffat's doing. Because I think if he'd been played for laughs at all or being a bit buffoonish, I think it would have undermined it. So you're right. Why? Have Offering of the... the doctor confession. I just think that's, it's lovely. And this is just played so well. Got Capaldi gives a masterclass, doesn't and, it? And,
0: well, he's got sunglasses on, and he still manages to convey all that emotion.
1: Absolutely.
0: But then intercutting that with these sequences where he's supposed to be executed, misle- and I was never convinced he was going to kill her, obviously. No, oh. no, no, no. We're oh. setting up the vaults. And this was great, because this explained what, where the hell Nardole came from.
1: Yeah, between, exactly, yeah. Uh, this is Nardole's first, yeah, he's come back from so the Doctor and Revson have been on Daryllium, and obviously, this is the first encounter with Nardole since Wedding of River Song.
0: But to trust the audience to wait for those answers because obviously he's not—he—he he, he just pops back in the pilot, doesn't he? After the Husband yes. of River Song, but he's—he's he's stuck in that suit in the pilot, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, it definitely requires multiple viewings, doesn't it, to to piece it all together? When you do, it's lovely. But, but you're right. Does it expect too much of a casual audience? Maybe. Possibly, possibly.
0: Well, watch every episode then. Stop being casual. Well,
1: exactly. What's wrong with people going
0: out loud? <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I was like, I'd forgotten that was Nardal. And the way he was delivering the, the dialogue with such gravity. I was like, Who is that? And then oh, when
1: I he... got the, I got the voice straight away. The minute he was about started Lewis, speaking. I was like, bugger me, he could do proper <laughs> drama. Actually, no. I I got the voice, and Minnie started speaking. He can do a proper job because I
0: remember I sat up at the end of Oxygen when when he went, you know, when he really lays into the doctor for going yes. off. Is it Oxygen? Was it the one before that? Anyway, it's early in the season. Oh,
1: your Mrs. <laughs> wouldn't approve, but some of this just puts absolute my hair stand up on end. Some of this dialogue. Not morning. obviously when he turns on the doctor like that, but when when Nadal first starts speaking and you realise that he's quoting from uh, Riversong's diary, that's beautiful, beautiful.
0: Look at that shot there of I the window with the sun, uh, the moon.
1: It, it is, is feature film stuff, isn't
0: it? It really is, yeah. And and I think sort of from the beginning of Capaldi's time when they got Ben Wheely into Deep Breath, yeah. yes. it's it's been feature film since then,
1: yeah completely
0: there we go see look I love this as well that there is this inbuilt respect between the Doctor and Nardole but none of it yes. sort of dwelt upon it's just they both understand they're there for each other and yep. they'll help each other and they'll also r- sort of ruthlessly mock each other as well.
1: But again, we never really find out who Nardole is or where he comes I from don't or mind that, what though, species... So I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But I know certain fans want to kind of tick boxes and say he's X species and his timeline is X, Y, and Z. I just think he works. I think he's spectacular. Well, tell and those again, fans real to... Uh,
0: oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, what, Matt Lucas? Yes. Well, it shouldn't work. What you've got here is Peter Capaldi Playing a grumpy ass doctor, Matt Lucas doing comedy spick, and then this hot young talent, Pearl Mackey, coming in. <laughs> and you br- so three very disparate performances, and you bring them that. together, and
1: it's fucking gold. Oh, do you know what? I'd watch season after season of them. It's just such a shame we only got one year of them.
0: I don't know how many of these hamsters you've listened to, but I really have an issue with a lot of Moffitt's companions. I have no issues at all with what he does in season 10. It's, it's perfect
1: for me. Because it is, she is, and I don't wish to denigrate the character at all in this about the character, absolutely not the, not the performer because Pearl Mackie is superb. Um, but she is quite a back-to-basics companion, isn't she? She hasn't got, and I think Moffitt yeah. did overdo it with the um, mystery of the companion. The companion was always had to be something more than a companion, and here he jettisons all of that Bill is just a regular companion. And she's spectacular.
0: And she feels... amazing. She feels contemporary and sort of... I'm going to say a word that's going to make me sound very old. Hip. Without even trying. And it's because it's Pell Mackey. And she's got a bit of an edge to her. I'm not sure it's in the right. It's just how she delivers it all. She just feels very contemporary.
1: Do you know what? You've got performers here that just... You're talking about delivery. And we're back now to Capaldi and Michelle Gomez. I mean we were so lucky to have people of this caliber. Yeah. I mean, they are... It's all about people that know how to deliver a line. I just yes. They're just spectacular. Spectacular.
0: Then I'm going to ask you a question, which might yeah. seem a little unfair, but I want to hear your take on it. Because obviously this wasn't... With the general audience, this yep. wasn't the most popular era of Doctor Who. No. Obviously. And the numbers were starting to go down. Yeah, I would say. Um, and a lot of people sort of push back from Capaldi's un- initial unpleasantness. So why why is this so ideal for fans? Because I think fans love this stuff. And yeah. why is it so such a turn-off for the general audience?
1: I think the clever, young, smart man that we'd had with certainly with Tennant and Matt Smith. Um, and, you know, they appealed to a lot of the audience. Um, you don't get the same with Capaldi. He's not a He's not a sex symbol to anybody, uh, not in the same way that those two were. Certainly, tenant. but I just think he's they. acting. I think, I mean, I, I love the other two. Don't get me wrong, but I think Capaldi's acting. He just underplays the lines. I mean, we missed one earlier when we were talking, which just I thought was absolutely beautiful. When him and uh, Matt Lukes are, are leaving the TARDIS, and uh, I think Matt Luke says something like, "You know, you're an idiot." And Capaldi walks out and just smiles at him and says, everybody knows that. <laughs> it's just the way he plays yeah. that. And you think, as much as I love Tennant, my God, he would have laboured that point and he would have turned it into a big dramatic moment. But Capaldi is so calm and measured and light with it. It's just beautiful. And Weird been like,
0: watching this whole era, yeah. And obviously I have issues with the writing because Moth not my favourite. But I always had Capaldi to watch. And yes. my eye was always drawn to him. So no matter what, was going on in the episode. I knew I was going to have a brilliant performance to watch. And I don't think he ever let me down, be honest. I was very pleased after Series 9 that they lightened him up, because 9 got heavy, really heavy towards nine the end. 9 did
1: get very heavy. Yeah, I mean, I rewatched. watched uh, Hang on, get it the right way round. Hell, Ben's heaven sense I always get those two muddled up. The finale, let's just say, of Season 9. Oh my God, that's dark at times. If you actually listen to the lines, I must... I'll... I'll admit I was blubbing a little bit, but some of the lines about Clara's death are just the heartbreak. But it's very, very, it's dark in a way that's quite, almost depressing. In, um,
0: in the next episode, in of River Soul, when he's there in the snow laughing his head off, I was like, yeah. oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Doctor this, Who's everything having fun in, again.
1: But everything in season 10 works works—from Being at St. Luke's University, yeah. being the lecturer. Oh, perfect. Everything just works for him. Yeah, and, th- and that was such a brilliant...
0: Do you know what? I'm actually convinced had Series 10 been Series 8, yes. this whole run would have been very different in terms of the public perception of it. Mm. If we'd have started Series 8 with Pearl Mackie, Sweet Innocence walking into that um, study set, yes, I think the, the audience would have grabbed hold of it. But you know, you, but then I like
1: the arc of Am I a Good Man, and I think that works, and it does play out well over the series. It's well seeded, and it ends up no, I'm just a madman in a box at the end. And I think that is a good. I think that arc works. Back to the old Colin Baker argument again, isn't it? You start with the Doctor who's unpleasant, and then you soften him over time, and that's that's kind of what we got here.
0: I yeah, uh, I, you know, into a little secret about eight is actually my favourite. Moffat season. I think 8 is okay. sublime. So. But I recognise that it's not a popular opinion.
1: I, I think 8's got a hell of a lot going for it. I d- here, this is
0: this is Moffat doing his Agatha Christie here. So he, we mentioned the email that has yes. been sent to CERN yep. with a copy of the Veritas. Um, and that's our get-out clause at the end of the episode, isn't it? Is that he can it listen is. to that and then he can... Yeah. Clever.
1: It is. It's very clever. It's a very smart script, this one. And like I say, given the fact that his eye was off the ball, he had personal issues, uh, and was away from scripting duties for quite a while of this to turn in scripts like this he's just he's a very smart man. When he's on it, I think I don't sometimes think I you
0: can you can no, I, I agree with that. So sometimes you can turn pain into creative endeavors, though. Yep. You know so. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely.
0: And I, I'm actually convinced very often, the Moffitt scripts were my least favourite of his seasons. In season ten, the pilot, uh, Extremis, well enough a time, Doctor Falls—they're all my favourites of that year. So I think I think he went out on a on a real. Oh, high. he absolutely
1: went on a high. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah, about maybe. Twice upon a if, time. If he'd gone out at nine, no, I like Twice Upon a Time. I, I think it's I think it's quite maligned, unfairly maligned.
0: Oh well, I haven't done that one yet, you know. Maybe you can come on and tell me why that one's great. Oh, well, as well. I'll tell you why that's good, yeah. Okay. We'll have a battle that time. This is this ain't gonna be a battle because we both love this. <laughs> the, oh, there was a great line there about um a little while back about why would scientists be asking for prayers? Yes. So we're seeding in this oh, very absolutely. chilling scene that's coming up. It's dark. I it's love so yeah, I like dark as well.
1: And the visuals are very dark. I mean, it's just, Christ, I think this goes out on a Saturday night. You know, it's so So divorced from everything else around it, isn't it, in terms of what else is on TV now on a Saturday night. But this is just, this demands an audience to take note and listen and watch it's so this weird. scene with Pearl and, and uh, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Joe. No, no, I, go on. This scene is superb. This is really when Ardol takes off his glasses and suddenly he's really serious <laughs> and he plays it really well. I, I do fall for his shtick. He makes me laugh. He always makes me laugh when he intends to. But this sudden bit, I must admit, I did stop first time around and think, Oh, my God, is there something more to an Ardell that we don't know about?
0: Well, it's the fact that he does it all so seriously. You're like, so, oh, my yeah. God. And then he goes, all right, Bill. OK. Yeah. And then he goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he sees the body. He calls a baby doll. All right, baby doll. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. I mean, like Moffat can write that stuff in his sleep. He's been doing comedy yeah. stick like that way back as far as Press Gang, but he's sort he of has. refined it now. I think. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is yeah, this is the epitome of it, isn't it?
0: So is this? Oh, that's right. So we're seeing all of these windows popping up everywhere, aren't we? Yes. And it's not until they actually pop through one of them to the projector that we realise what this is all about. So this was the point in the episode where I'm going, what is happening Remember when I first watched it? Yes.
1: Oh, I've yeah, at this it. point, I think you've still, as a as a first-time watch through, you've absolutely no idea what's going on at this point.
0: You know what you said earlier about sort of how dark the visuals are and how yes. dark the themes are? That's my answer to why I think some of the audience fell away. Oh, because I, I think it's, it's, um, it's a better piece of work for it and it has sort of more rewatchability for it for being darker and a bit more interesting. But like you go back to the Rusty Davis era, a lot of it looked very pretty. Yes. You know, it's a sort of big brother. It's fast and fun popping, and you know, Your screen, yeah. there's lots yes. of lots of very silly performances and jokes and things. So, something that anyone could just put on and go, Oh, okay, that was a bit of fun. I really enjoyed that.
1: It's it's so weird because it's who do you please? Do you but please the fans? You, where or would do you, you schedule this, Joe? Where would you put this on a what night would this go out on?
0: Oxygen and extremists back to back. Oxygen is extremely dark as well.
1: Oh, um,
0: I'd put maybe between eight and nine. Something
1: responsibly, like uh, Sunday probably actually. Oh, Sunday's a bit too cozy. <laughs>
0: well, we tried Unless it. Put... Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this would work on a Sunday. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Now like you,
1: when we're back to the Missy scene now, and like you first time round, you are thinking, is she putting the wool over his eyes? Is she play acting? Now you watch it back in, you know, rewatch and you know that she is actually being contrite and she's being honest. I think her performance is amazing. You are first time round, you are thinking, oh, it's the old master. She's going to cackle in a minute. And yes, she doesn't die here. (laughs) but actually what she's saying to him is she's speaking from her heart.
0: Oh, gee. Did you hear what he said there?
1: Of the Prideonian
0: chapter. The chapter. Oh,
1: Jesus Oh, Christ. come on, you little
0: fan heart. Skip to be My fan heart did. But I'm thinking about that audience as well, going, what's he talking about?
1: <laughs> oh, does, it, does it matter? <laughs> me. I no,
0: it. I think references like that don't matter. I think stuff like Hellbent when we're down in the Matrix vaults and yeah, there's all that yeah. babble going on about Gallifrey. I think people... And then Ressalon like, and yeah what the hell is all this, you know? Oh,
1: They just pop into the Pentagon. And we haven't actually seen the projector room at this point. So they've gone straight from the Vatican into the Pentagon. So it's one of those episodes where if you
0: rewatch it, all of it, it just seems even more clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At this point, I was tearing my hair out, going, well, why are we in the Pentagon now? What's happening? (laughs) What is going on? Look at that. I'm getting um, the girl who waited vibes from this room. Yeah, very
1: much so. But it's this stark white. It's such a contrast to everything else we've had in the episode so far. We've suddenly got this brilliantly white room.
0: And now we're heading into Stern and these sequences are unforgettable. (laughs) It's the way the fella is really jovial. Yes. In that way where you kind of know...
1: Something's wrong.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I... did two years of volunteer work with Mind and they say that when people are suicidal if they tell you about it it, 99% of the time it won't happen okay it's a cry for help but if suddenly you see a change in somebody's personality a positive change where they've been very depressed that could be a sign that they have come to a decision to end their lives so the way this all plays out I'm like oh he's done a bit of research here because this is this feels real.
1: Yeah, and I think people that haven't had that experience saw that in that episode as being a weakness because they expected them to all be very maudlin and melodramatic and I'm ending my life. So they didn't quite see the nuance there that you're picking up. And I think you're absolutely right. I, like, I completely agree with your interpretation there. Well, I think it's
0: it's cleverer than that because you've got some people that are celebrating and you've got other people that look terrified. Oh, they do. So there's a real mix of people in that room. And yes. that's, that is what reaction you would have to learning that you're not real. Absolutely. I'd be going, and- I've done 600 fucking episodes of podcasts like for nothing. Come on now. <laughs>
1: I did 6,000 steps today. Why did I do those?
0: <laughs> well, that's what Donna says, isn't it? I've been dieting. Yeah.
1: Drew, <laughs> <I laughs> that's do. such
0: a funny line.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see her again. Oh, he writes some singers. Oh. <laughs> Why do these comedians come on Doctor Who and just get it so right? I mean, we have been spoilt
0: with. I don't think there's. it's never not worked. I don't think it, I th- I thought Bradley Walsh gave think
1: some it brilliantly dramatic performances. I agree. I'd, yeah. I think so he I, plays incredibly naturalistically. Right? I think he yeah.
0: You remember that bit in Demons of the Punjab where he knows the fella's going to go after his death and it's the night be- it's his wedding day and he's got to give him a hug and say congratulations and he's holding yes. back the tears.
1: Yeah. And I'm like that's the fella that, that's on the chase. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. He's, yeah. I mean we have we've been very lucky.
0: That monk makeup is really good as well.
1: It's bloody frightening, isn't well, it? Well, it's because they look,
0: they look like sort of desiccated corpses come to life.
1: They are quite horrific. I think they look best in this episode. I just look at that. It's horrific, isn't it? And he's gone. And he's got the laptop. And he's about to start running like a penguin with his ass on fire.
0: I think the the risk that you have with the twist, yeah, is that uh, the audience is going to go one or two ways. One, they'll say, "God, that's so clever!" Like we've been cheated from the off in this episode. Yeah.
1: Or oh, waste of an episode because nothing it oh, didn't. They? Exactly. Yeah. Like. Oh, like yeah. But I, you know, and I have heard that argument of like, yeah, well, so "Why do I. I
0: care about these people?" Because this yeah. isn't those people. And I'm like, yeah, but we're doing something a bit different. You, yeah. you, you are the people that are complaining. We're always doing the same thing, and the second we do something different, you're complaining.
1: You know, I, this is a, this is a very different. I know we talked about it earlier, and yes, Android invasion accepted. This is we're actually seeing the planning. Who would have thought an there. episode about planning would be that interesting? That woman there with her head in her yeah. hands and the glass yes. of wine in front and, of her. And yeah, and they're toasting each other. Yeah.
0: It's all sort of implication as well. It's not people sitting there slitting their wrists and things like that. And it's, al- but it's almost that. threatens to be comical when we go under yes. the table and there's those enormous dynamite. There we go. They
1: are a little bit TNT, no. a little bit Roadrunner, aren't they?
0: But because he needs to make the point, because we don't know they're committing suicide until we see that diamond knight, he needs to make that point visually very yeah. potently. And he does Absolutely. it. I
1: think. Now, this is quite a nightmarish sequence. The Doctor blind... Oh no, he's, he's slightly got it. He's got a little bit of eyesight left, does not he? He's nicked a little bit of regen energy again. Which I know is not a, a favourite plot device of yours. But <laughs> <laughs> no, because here it's just a
0: one liner. He goes, Well, a, I could be blind in my next regeneration. I'll deal with it. All right. Like <laughs> a test of shadows. See, that's a great line as well, which is exactly. exactly what it is. Maybe they should have called this a test of shadows. Or that would that have be been a too of much
1: of a giveaway. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. What does extremist, extremist mean? Ah, oh, so extremist means, in extremist means, at the point of death. So ah, okay. what we're talking about here, so that's tying us back to Missy, who is, as far as they're concerned, at the point of her death. And it's also the Doctor at the end of the episode. He's also at the point of his death, because this personification, this representation of the Doctor, is about to die. So it's about how you react. So then you come back to that theme about without hope, without witness, without reward. And that at the point of death, how do you respond at the point of death? That's clever, isn't it? It's very clever. Oh, he's a clever bloke. Sorry, Matt, you're saying, right. I keep saying clever all the way through this, but... Well,
0: no, I well, it's one of his cleverest episodes, so... Yeah, Well deserved. Hard. That whole sequence there was so nightmarish, you're right. Really? We're, because we keep flashing so we keep yes. losing them and then suddenly it's a bit angel-like, isn't it? Suddenly that that it is. monk's right in your face looming at you. And in fact I remember a sequence in Oxygen as well which we see from Bill's point of view as she's losing her oxygen. Yes, They're doing some quite creative things directorially are, absolutely. at this absolutely.
1: point. Oh, now this is, again
0: a oh. chilling moment. And, and just beautifully edited this. Oh, absolutely.
1: You think, with, there with is a, not
0: a slip, is there? Very loud tap on the table. Yeah. Think of a number. Like, if... if I don't know. If one thing had been off in this, what, his performance, yeah. that bash on the table, yeah, how they pace the people coming in saying the numbers because they don't initially, and then suddenly everyone in the room is saying the same numbers.
1: Do you know what, though? I mean change the subject, go from one extreme to the other. I love The Five Doctors, so I'm not taking the mickey out, of it, but <laughs> I watched it again the other day. Oh, that chessboard sequence. They just, it's so poorly executed. Okay. And, you know, you're talking here about how every single element of editing the timing has got to be spot on. You compare that with something like Anthony Ailey and the Cybermaster, (laughs) (laughs) which they just don't give a shit. They they don't care about
0: The circumference of a circle to
1: its diameter. And then we'll just walk across it. But the application! Ah, you stay here, child! (laughs) Mm, But then you get something like this, you know, like, this is so... Yeah, spot on. Bang. And on. I'm
0: really pleased we don't actually see the bombs going off. We just Absolutely. sort of fade we to cut black. Away. But when I was initially watching this, i still like I'm like why
1: are they committing suicide?
0: What is going
1: on? I don't think we're supposed I think we're not supposed to know. This is the point now. They're back in the projector room and it's only now that Nardole and Bill begin to realize it's a projector.
0: I love twists where yeah. it's about the nature of reality. Yes. So I and name any film where a twist like that's hit. What was the Matt Damon one? Um is it Shatter Island?
1: Oh yes yes. Is um, that Matt Damon. No, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo it?
0: DiCaprio, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's got a that's a similar style twist. There was a Pretty terrible film, but with a great twist called Identity with John Cusack. You seen that one?
1: Oh, I don't think I've seen that.
0: And that again has a massive twist about like everything you've been seeing is not what you think you've been seeing. M Night Shyamalan pulls out this this style of twist all the yeah, time. Does.
1: Bless him, he's still trying it. <laughs> It'll work one day.
0: I'm wondering if Moffat is the only writer of the new series across the board that's clever enough to pull this sort of twist off.
1: Yeah, it's not really RTD's thing, that kind of.
0: And Chibble just doesn't plot in this role. way. No, Chibble doesn't no, plot he doesn't. He's like this. No, far
1: too, far too. He's linear. linear.
0: Yeah. yeah, there you go. We said it at the same yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it's just the way he reaches his hand out and he becomes a load of squares as well. The visual's great. And he's genuinely up. And he, the way he plays it, there's still a little bit of lightness, there's still a little bit of comedy, but there's enough depth there to kind of tug at your heartstrings.
0: And suddenly the whole focus of the episode about shifts. what the Veritas is about shifts. And yeah. it's all about Bill and the Doctor coming to... Like, accepting the fact that they are not real
1: but we st- at this point i still wasn't completely sure so he says bill i'm not real and i thought is it just not Oh, that's not real what we still i still don't think we've completely solidified what's going on here at this stage because bill still completely bill hasn't quite figured it out yet she's com- just she- just how should i shouldn't i no <laughs> that that
0: enormous shift from being a, a, a plot of lots of disparate points to suddenly just being about our regulars yes. and the nature of who they are and what they are, that's that's just brilliant. And and the way Capaldi and... Is it Capaldi? How do How you do say it? Capaldi, I say Capaldi and Mackie play this scene. Neither one of them overplays this scene, and it would have been so easy to have overplayed. Tenor no would have gone to town with at this. All. Oh. <laughs> On, tennis is my favorite, you know. Like, oh, I like a bit of melodrama, but th- they both underplay it. So it's kind of scary yeah, for it.
1: It's quiet, it's understated.
0: I'm surprised yeah, they got go. away with that with the president committing suicide. I suppose they, they could just say again, well, it's not real. So, like, <laughs> But um, um, again, I will say there's not a lot of laughs here. You know, I can see people watching this going, well, do
1: you remember when Doctor Who used to be fun? Fun. Mm. We've had some good. I think there's been a few laughs in here, but you're right have at this we, have point. We this like have we had a comedy
0: yet this season?
1: Like an out-and-out? Have
0: we had a robot show or anything like that this season? I suppose the pilot's quite light.
1: Yeah, it's not really. Yeah, it's not dark as such. Smile is not really funny. Knock, knock. Thin ice. Oxygen definitely not. Oh. No, it's quite it's quite bleak, isn't it? Generally? I, I think we There's have been a bit nice of, comedy moments, but
0: I quite like Thin Ice. Um, that, that's got some entertainment bit. I like it just when they're exploring the frost fair and all of that.
1: Yes, beautiful. It looks beautiful as well. Now this is it a, it's it's a tough... quiet and calm, and this is where we're really starting to know now what the plot's about. Which is what forty minutes into a forty-eight minute episode. Yeah,
0: oh, but. As a as a trailer as well, and we this is where we find out this is effectively a trailer for what's to come. As a trailer, it's it's so so. I'm gonna say clever again. God damn it! Find me another word.
1: (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Because it's um, it's
0: clever. Well, because we feel as if we've we've a story's been taking place. It is. It's a
1: jigsaw, and the final piece is falling into place, isn't it? What what it
0: effectively is is saying you thought this was good, wait till you see what's coming. Because yes. this is just a
1: prelude. Yeah. And then we'd shift in different directions. This is definitely the cleverest of the of the three.
0: I just think these two together, it's just magic. They're
1: sensational, aren't they?
0: Like, so much of the new series, I think, has been visually distracting. And every now and again, you get a Doctor Companion where it's performatively Absolutely distracting. Tennant and Tate do it for me as well. When they yes. get when they get their sort of quiet moments, these two. Um, I'm trying to think if anyone else does.
1: I would say Amy Pond and Matt Smith. I wouldn't, but
0: <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated Amy Pond so much. maybe we'll do one of those one
0: day not really I didn't mind her in 7a actually when she grows up a bit and and she's got a lot of
1: agency but
0: There, there are many reasons and let's not spoil this fabulous episode with that
1: no exactly let's go back to a bit of class
0: Oh, so he's explaining about the the numbers now, isn't he?
1: But again, this is Saturday night TV, and we've had, what, three, four minutes of just these two actors sitting, explaining the plot. It could be quite torturous. In the hands of lesser actors, lesser writer, you're getting your five minutes of exposition explaining what's gone on previously. But because of the quality of every element here, I think it just lifts it and
0: And goes it is great. Would the kids be paying attention?
1: Probably not. Probably not. But I then, think this you is know, I throw the, at s- an older audience. the
0: same audience. Uh, sorry, I'd throw the same argument as something like Dark Water, which is essentially a ton of long scenes of yes. two or three actors just talking. Yeah. Um, but then midnight's the same. Midnight's people in a, there's a 20-minute scene in midnight.
1: There is. So that's well, I... quite unique for RTD, though, isn't it? I mean, that's a real kind of standalone film, although it's followed up by Turn Left. So that's pretty damn dark, too. Yeah, I think
0: Turn Left about as dark as we got, Blowing up London.
1: <laughs> I don't Why'd know. You... Death, in, Death in Heaven, Dark Water is it's pretty grim.
0: What did happen to all of those side men that came out of the graves? I'll explain later. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, no, Bill. <laughs> And the the thing is, is because he's characterised them all so vividly, there's never been a hint throughout this. Like no, a no, lesser no. a lesser writer would give you lots of
1: absolutely dropper. She tries to pick up a glass and her hand goes through it or yeah, something. something like. Yeah,
0: go and watch sort of. Um, I'm going to be a bit cruel about an episode in this season. at Empress of Mars, where they're characterised so vaguely, yeah. all of them yeah. You know, I believe that they weren't real at the end of the episode. Whereas
1: he Yeah, it feels makes... quite set apart, doesn't it? Good old Gaetis.
0: He makes the the relationships feel real here. He gives them funny yep. moments, you know. They're characters that we like and they never existed.
1: But the doctor's not shining here. He looks beaten. He looks absolutely even he's not figured out yet what he's going to do, and he looks beaten. But what
0: I love is. Moffitt's assertion that even as a computer program, he's even as a series stuff. of numbers, he will save so, the day somehow. Absolutely, he's he's clever enough. Yeah, it's just great. It's weirdly, it's such an understated hero moment
1: because he's he's
0: effectively committing suicide and just
1: you know passing on a memo. But, but if it's all I am. I got it. I mean, these are just, yeah. Are these Saturday night lines? are just. I think this is just spectacular stuff.
0: I take it it's your intention to invade the Earth. <laughs> the simulations <laughs> have all been run. We are our partners in crime, the Crawls. Yeah, and, uh, we're oh, ready to gosh.
1: go. Good old space rhinos. <laughs> I don't mind the Crawls you
0: got Zippy in there.
1: It's the Zippy. The voice is a little bit too Zippy-ish. It makes no sense, Rod. (laughs) (laughs) And he's suddenly, he's twigged. Capaldi is twigged. He knows a way out. He just plays a You can almost see the moment when the penny drops and he's thinking, actually, there is a way out of this. Hoist by your own petard.
0: No, oh, I think there's nothing more terrifying than when Peter Capaldi smiles. You know.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Run! <laughs> it's cadaverous. I
1: swear.
0: <laughs> I felt the same way in the thick of it. Whenever Malcolm Tucker was happy, I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know though. We you know when he has those moments. I remember in Flatline when he was like, um, "Will you just
1: let me have this moment? The TARDIS is tiny." <laughs> you know. And there it goes. The smile. The smile is back.
0: Uploading.
1: And of course, that's what we saw in the pre-credit title: was the Doctor sat in the vault, seeing the icon come up saying "Email Extremists." And do you had no idea what it meant at that point. Oh, and look, the whole thing's yeah. look, literally the Brilliant. program
0: is ending, and we cut straight to reality now, don't we?
1: And there, and a bit of Murray Gold. I love this music. The Doctor's theme here. It's quite nice to hear somebody talk
0: about Later Murray positively, because a lot of people said he was doing sort of similar stuff later on. Oh, so it's nice is, to hear it. This
1: theme is tremendous. Is it the one that
0: goes, da 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 Is it that one? Yes. Or, or did I just do that really badly? Sorry.
1: I, I know what you mean. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're very good. Oh, I, I, I love oh. a bit of bombastic scoring. I mean, this just... I Telling... love.
0: Yeah. Go and have a good night, because yeah. things are about to get dark. Yes.
1: uh, Phone Penny, not Pearl.
0: (laughs) You know what's weird, right? Is this season never should have existed.
1: I know, it's mad, isn't it? Because uh, I
0: know on good authority now that Capaldi was effectively fired after Series 9. Did you not know that? no yeah so i know some a couple of people in the industry so capaldi was effectively fired they weren't going to do the husband's river song was going to be the end of the season the end of his run and they were just going to pick up with a new doctor when because chibnall was going to be available chibnall wasn't available because he was doing broad
1: church three yeah
0: but they had capaldi in a contractual bind where if they wanted to keep going he had to do it he'd sign for three seasons
1: I'm sorry I'd be doing that uh, I'd be recreating that Ian Levine photo with the hammer and the television it's it's unbelievable that would have been an absolute travesty unbelievable
0: he, that the BBC yeah. treated an actor of that stature that way unbelievable
1: and we're back. I'm laughing not at that. I'm laughing <laughs> Gomez. She's just
0: she goes, What is it? i just I was I'm a little
1: sleepy. Yeah. I was a little bit <laughs> sleepy. Let's not
0: split hairs.
1: Shut up. <laughs> she is just magnificent.
0: My one sadness is is like for a lot of these episodes in this season, she gets like one scene and i just wish she was, she'd been more involved. Yes. She turns up, I think it's in Lie of the Land and it's by far the best scene in Lie of the Land.
1: Oh, well completely. Yeah. When they're in the vault and she's on the piano purring on top of the piano.
0: Or the end of Empress of Mars, where the only way Nardole can get them back is by having, and she's there behind the glass of the, the rotor in the TARDIS.
1: Now, here we do. We are doing a bit of silence in the library. Again, look up the doctor and run away. But I think here it's just played for comedy. It's kind I've,
0: of... Oh, I love that one in Forest of the Dead, though.
1: It, it's, and it's serious here. Here it's just played... It's here it's played for laughs.
0: When the shadows are coming out, and then they start yes. shrinking
1: in, like, oh, shit. Absolutely. <laughs> look me up. Here it's played lightly, but... He likes bringing in these, the Order
0: of, doesn't he? Oh, you yeah. Know, the absolutely. Headless Monks, the Order of the Silence. He's these, running.
1: What are the point of these people? They're, it's an executioner's pl- uh, planet. Oh, they just okay. execute people. What? Like hardened criminals? Anybody.
0: I'd like to learn how Missy was captured and sent there. Do we learn that?
1: No, we don't. Of course we don't. It's the Master. How did you escape from Zarafas? Come
0: oh, on. <laughs> so you escaped from Castro Alva, did you? Okay. The oh, end. how sad. You know, it's very rare for me to say how sad a Stephen Moffat episode has ended, but spectacular. Let's celebrate the
1: moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's uh, joyous. That was joyous. That is such a good episode. I think on sort of every level you
0: could critique that. That was stunning. But unfortunately, all you have are three reasons that you can give me oh. as to why Extremis is such a good episode. If you go first, we'll back, back and forth. Can
1: I not have 23? Okay, go none of then. these are going to come I mean, come I've got to sur- sleep at some point tonight, but... <laughs> none of these are going to come as surprises. The first one has got to be the, uh, the TARDIS crew. It's got to be Bill... The Doctor and Nardole. What are you taking all three as one? I am taking all three as I know, I should do them individually. There's my three. But no, that, that trio together, they are just, I think they're the best team of the new series. And arguably the best team as a whole. I mean, it's hard, difficult to argue with fourth Doctor, Sarah and Harry, but I think these three, very different, but I think they are comparable. It's
0: unfairly neglected as well, this team. I, th- I think because they just had a single season, and then we had that whole new era with Jodie, and uh, because mm-hmm. there was such a division in fandom over that, that this just got forgotten.
1: And a I think of the this. other problem is because Nardole clearly wasn't written as a main character right at the beginning, so he's quite slow to come in. He only gets a couple of little scenes early on. It's not really till oxygen is it that he kind of joins permanently so we've lost the first four episodes which is the odd scene here and there I would have it's loved cool. to have had him seeded throughout a bit a bit more but yeah again it's... the history of how he came on board is probably a little bit uh, clouded in, in smoke and mirrors but yeah we, we lost those don't early worry. ones but
0: there's a big finished box set in there somewhere don't worry um... <laughs> sorry I'm being annoying yeah mm-hmm. ten <laughs> and a couple of BBC books as well. Matt Lucas can read out read them out, can't he? For the audios. Sorry. Okay, I'm well, going to yeah. shut up now. <laughs> he did do the one Doctor. Exactly. Do you know what? It's quite telling that I had to put out the feelers. I I very rarely have to ask people to cover stuff now because I've sort of built up a a good series of regulars on Hamster So a lot of people come back, and then a lot of new people come in. I had to say I've not done. I've done very little series season. Series I, 10. I saw, Can, and I responded yeah. to
1: you straight away. I said, Why? This is a magnificent season.
0: So I think it is a ignored series of regulars, yeah. and it's a kind of ignored season as well. So yeah, well worth celebrating. Definitely. And I say for my first one, then the twist, because I think I'm hit and miss with Stephen Moffat twists. I find the twist at the end of series six that it turns out to be the Tesselector to be the lamest moment in Doctor <laughs> Who history. <laughs>
1: Where it's hidden in plain sight, Joe. The entire
0: pre you know, the previously on is all about the Tesselector. So I was like, Oh, I wonder how this is going to end, you know. Like sometimes he doesn't do it so well, sometimes he does it amazingly well. Yep. And lo- it's like the twist at the end of um The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances, where that fucking kid has been saying, Are you my mummy? for two episodes. And it isn't until the context is given that we realise that is the plot twist. Absolutely. I mean, he is a genius when he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. I keep
1: telling you, Joe. where are you getting on board? <laughs> yeah.
0: Sometimes he's like, no, anyway. Um, but the twist here is amazing. And this literally went from being like, you know, bottom tier for me to being the best of the best yeah. with one twist that solidified the entire plot in such a clever, dramatic way that made sense of. Everything that went before it, yeah, it's is it's his writing at his best, but the twist is is my first one.
1: I'd agree with that. I would say my second reason to recommend it is there's a lot of new things going on here. I think we talked about earlier, we've not seen religion portrayed in this way before, which I think is refreshing and gives the episode a different hook. The whole plot device of uh, a simulation. Is new to Doctor Who. We've done fancy Lands before. We've done the Land of Fiction. We've done the Celestial Toy Room. This is very different. This is much more rooted in, in science. Uh, and it's different. It's unique. So that would be my second selling point, is that this is a different plot. It gives us something. And, you know, Moffat's in his sixth year of being showrunner here, and yet he's still giving us things that we haven't seen at all before. And I think that's to be lauded.
0: I almost feel like he had a renewed spring in his step this season. Yeah, it certainly that, feels that like it. Maybe in seven and no seven and nine, he was struggling. Yeah. But like he knows he's on his way out. He's like, oh fuck it. Let's just like, let's do it. You know? Yeah. This is gonna be the best season of Doctor Who ever. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, we will yeah, have one Dassie two... and five
1: men. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean. would be my second.
0: Uh, my second one is going to be the adult nature of the suicide scenes. Because, I, again, I'm very hit and miss with some of this stuff. You know, I cremated my mother not long before don't cremate me here. So that landed very badly for me. (laughs) I was like, I know this is a piece of entertainment, but I think it's a bit of an irresponsible thing to suggest to children that people are screaming in fear whilst they're being burnt, you know, their lovely bunny or whoever's being burnt this week. Uh, But I think it's subtly done here. And I think it's brilliantly played. And I think it's only really truly scary if you are an adult and you understand the complexities of what's going on. Agreed. And I think that's a better approach than.
1: And we get to get out claws, don't we? I mean, I think right at the end in that final scene, the doctor says, Oh, they're just escaping from the program. It's an escape, it's not suicide. They're quitting yeah. the game. He also drops that lovely little nugget, which is just a throwaway, which is now you know how people in computer games feel when you're shooting at them that's a great and it's like, line whoa okay you've just done another yeah that's a whole another, another that's a episode whole other story, yeah. isn't it? but it's just dropped in
0: i believe my ex told me about a tv show that had that exact premise of people in computer games and the computer game characters fighting back and then being given and all of that so i mean it's premise strong enough it can power a TV show. I think it came after this. So they probably thought, oh, that's Stephen Moffat. He's a clever yeah. chap. Let's and do a series do about stuff, that. Yeah. I mean, he throws away so many ideas per episode. Everyone's, people could just be sitting there with a pad going, right, <laughs> yeah, we'll do a TV show about that. What's that? Yeah,
1: what, what, what's the headless what's
0: the monks? Let's go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my third one then is going to be the general production value of this um i do i do remember 10 being a particularly strong looking like i never dreamed in a million years doctor who would command visuals like those enormous um bookcases and stairways down yeah. in the vatican oh uh, that fabulous
1: brings the doctor to the ex- place of execution there. The
0: all of that you know yeah. and then like you say, contrasting that with the stark white of the the projection room with the windows and things like that. He's a really good director. When he does the Zygon Invasion inversion, and boy, there's a lot to talk about in that one, he goes for a completely different tone to this. That's very urban, very washed out, very realistic. Um, Yeah, he's a good director. And then he... he does
1: Pyramid at the end of the world, which is very bright and light. We're in the desert, obviously, so we've got that lightness flooding everywhere so it's what did he do last contrast. year just oh, the, the invasion of the zygon two parter yeah so he's only Is... done the four it's a shame he's not come back
0: no but then i do think the new series has just found in every year and i'm absolutely including jody's it's found great directors oh, yeah. that can deliver brilliant work so and yeah he did I... also
1: do four episodes of the australian K Nine series
0: oh well let's not hold that against him <laughs> I don't remember much about that. Just the terrible accents. No,
1: I must admit, I think I only got. that's the only. I, I'm not even going to call it. Doctor Who. I did the first episode because K9 was K9. That was yeah. That was there
0: it. was there was like. The streets of London, but it was clearly in a studio. It was
1: all very weird. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was John Leeson, anyway, but it
0: was well tri- Yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, back let's to move extremists. on to far better things. Uh, my, my third. I was going to say the the look as well, but you've nicked that one. So I will go with the sparkling dialogue.
0: I oh, think God.
1: Moffat's dialogue is just again when he's on form, it's sensational. And here it's not that kind of rom y you know husband of river song back and forth carrie grand catherine hepburn type it's much more sedate and calm that is just it's just i'm sorry going to use the overused word of the day again clever and i can watch it so many times and you get something different out elsewhere every time and it's that dialogue that dialogue brings me back into it it's intelligent it's articulate it's it's just lovely to listen to and that is you know you know, you want rewatch value, and my God, you get rewatch value out of Stephen Moffat. Can you think of a particular line that you really love? Um, well, there are so many. I think I mentioned the one before that I loved was when Nardol said to the doctor, you know you're an idiot, and me, just smart. Everybody knows that. It's just—it's the way it's played as well, of course. Every, to be honest, every line that comes out of Michelle Gomez's mouth is yeah. to be treasured. You
0: could well. give her a shit line and she'll still deliver it amazingly. Oh, completely. You know? yeah. You'll be beguiled into
1: thinking it's incredible. <laughs> but they usually are incredible. Yeah. So actually... And I rewind, Joe, when I said the three regulars, we've got to put Michelle Gomez in there as one of the four regulars. That's
0: right. Go on, have a fourth then. Off you go.
1: Okay, fourth. Michelle Gomez. Spectacular. I'm going to put out there. Best master there's ever been. And I don't think she'll be topped because she gets that duality of the dark and the light. She gets redeemed. And I don't think we'll... I think it's unlikely we'll see that again i'm hoping we give the master a rest now for a while i think we've done so much master now let's let's put it him slash her slash they to one side we've we've kind of covered enough ground so let's let's park the master for now and bring something new on but michelle gomez it was such
0: a potentially controversial idea turning the master into a woman
1: yeah, and yeah. Unlike guess, turning so, so, the doctor
0: into the, a woman, it was just greeted with enormous acclaim. And I think it's partly down to Stephen Moffat's writing, but I think it's mostly down to Michelle Gomez's performance.
1: Yeah, I think her performance, we talked earlier about Capaldi never going, you no, know, never putting a step wrong, but I think he's equally, same can be said of Michelle Gomez.
0: I'm not sure I've ever heard a single person say they don't like her performance as Missy.
1: No, I no, I don't think I have no, I don't. And think
0: that's that's unusual. I've heard certainly other people say they don't like John Simms' performance as yeah, Master.
1: Yeah,
0: or... I, I mean, I've heard more positive things about ones, but I've still heard detractors. So, yeah, it's it's unusual to have something in Doctor Who that everyone's in everyone agreement agrees
1: on. on. I'm sure we'll hear to the contrary. Let's not I... do that again. Yeah. Jesus, and we've I... got nothing to talk about otherwise. I think Sasha Dwan is really good, but I think he suffered. Because he followed Michelle Gomez. And so soon after Michelle Gomez.
0: everybody Anybody would have done, wouldn't they? Yeah,
1: but also because of the art. Not just the, it's the performance, but it's also that arc. And to kind of come back and go back to a more traditional master so soon after, I think that kind of undermined his, his ability to kind of really take it forward.
0: Yeah, the as only counter-argument I'll give to that is I think his performance in The Power of the Doctor is one of the best master performances we ever had. Like I couldn't take my eyes off him in that,
1: yeah, no, no,
0: go on fight me,
1: yeah, no I think he is, I think he's very good, I think he is very good, but um, when yeah, he um, said to Kate Leeopard Stewart, by the way, your dad's an idiot, I was like, it's about time someone said it, <laughs> yeah, his little sly looks as being as he's being led away by you, yeah, he is very good, but yeah uh, Michelle Gomez for me all the way, well. That
0: was a complete delight. How did you find your first was. podcast?
1: Well, you have broken me in very gently, Joe, <laughs> for which I thank you.
0: <laughs> I don't think I'm the first, you know. I mean, in podcasting <laughs> terms, I'm sure. In
1: podcasting terms, you are the first. Yes. And everybody
0: out there, anyone listening to this that runs the podcast, listen to how fabulous this man is. Come along now. Snap him up. Although, you better save yourself for me, all right? I've got a few um, more I want to do with any, you Yeah,
1: Anytime you want, Joe. This has been an absolute pleasure.
0: Well, I've actually got a suggestion that I'd like to say to you, but it would be more of a challenge than the extremists because it's widely considered an enormous dud. Oh, I'd like a challenge. And I don't think anyone's going to champion it. I don't know if you'll champion it. You might hate it. (gasps) It's a Pertwee story. It's a
1: six-parter. Are we going for the mutants?
0: Well, actually, it was either going to be the, the mutants or the monster of Peladon.
1: I love The Mutants. I think The Mutants is massively undervalued. I absolutely adore The Mutants. We'll do
0: The Mutants. Let's Um, do The Mutants. Do you know, it's one I I used to hate, and every time I watch it, I like it more.
1: It's got so much going for it. It doesn't feel like a... It feels like a MacColk story. It doesn't feel like uh, Bristol Boys at all. I think Mutants is fabulous. I don't understand why it... I think, did it come bottom of the... DWM poll? Oh, no, that was a good old Time Monster. But it was certainly the oh, last two or three.
0: How can people not enjoy the Time Monster? That's well,
1: yeah, I enjoy the Time Monster. Baffling. <laughs> but I think The Mutants has got a lot going for it. It's got a lot to say. And I think it's unfortunate that a few dodgy production issues and maybe one or two acting choices. Pull it down a bit.
0: Lots to talk about with acting choices, yeah. And direction. We're all doomed. Sorry, Christopher and Barry. Yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah, let's do the mutants, Joe. It's a good thing. Uh... Well, let's reconvene on Solos then, shall we? Let's do it. Make sure you <laughs> but... put your uh, gas mask on.
0: No, I'm not even going to say nothing. <laughs> Don't about. go. Don't go. <laughs> <back>. <laughs> uh, but just to say, this has been a complete pleasure. Thank you very much. And for, for me your
1: time. too. Thank you ever so much, Joe. It's been great.